Yo, what up, everybody? It's Hollywood Unlocked with Jason Lee Uncensored. I'm Jason Lee. And I'm your girl, Blue Toulousma. Yeah, I was DJ Damage. All right, so listen, um, we, we're catching up with somebody who's a Capricorn. You never know how that could go because you know how they be. But Sarah <laughs> Molina, Sarah Molina is here. How are Hi. you doing, Sarah? I'm fine. Wait, so you said off camera that we met before, and uh, w w was it a good situation? Uh, was there something going on? No, it, it wasn't. It was a networking, like, it was Cardi B's Fashion Nova party. It was like last okay. year in LA. Um, I think you know Trevor, or no, not Trevor, um, Travis. I'm sorry, I'm bad with names. Travis. Probably. Like he, probably. he introduced me. Uh, he was like, oh, Jason, Sarah, or whatever. But it was like, it was a lot going on, so. There was a lot going on that party. I was trying to avoid a bunch yeah. of NBA players. You know, yeah. I'd be doing stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, you know, I know that we had reached out to you because we had never really engaged you or talked about you, but we do follow you and we post you a lot. Um, and I know you just be trying to mind your own business and it seems like you be getting drug into stuff. And I just, you know, when we write about people at Hollywood Unlocked and we don't know them. You know, there are times I want to bring them into our world so we can get to know them, know more about them, let them let people know more about them. Because I feel like over the last year or so, maybe even a couple of years, you've just been like a headline. And I know you're a whole person. And so yeah. hopefully we wanted to get to know you a little bit. I mean, give or take the situation, that's just going to what that's what's going to follow me. I would be stupid to think not after some point in time, maybe it'll get old, it'll fade, but it is what it is. I know I'm my own person. That's why it doesn't bother me as much. And the people who know me know that. So I can't really complain. So Sarah, at some point, fell in love with a guy, had a kid. Mm -hmm. His name happened to be uh, 6ix9ine, Takashi 6ix9ine. I'm sure he has a real name. I don't want to say it, but that's who the world knows is 6ix9ine. You had a kid by this guy, and now it seems like it's the dark cloud that follows you around. And I and I'm I'm not trying to you know project that, but it just kind of seems that I way. I mean, it you, would seem that way. Uh, anybody can really say that it seems that way over social media, but I mean, I don't look at it. Yeah, there are you know cons that come with being what I am, you know, to him. But I can't. It's just. It's not any worse on me than what it is on him, so I can't really complain. Mm -hmm. So and so 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 for people that don't know how you all met, and you guys met young, right? I yeah, mean, you guys were pretty um, much kids. He, yeah, he was my first boyfriend. I was sixteen when we met. Aww. And so, I, how old were you when you got when you got pregnant? I was nineteen, turning twenty. I was. We were already with each other for some years. You were trying to get pregnant? No, no. So it was. I, it just was a, a I, passionate I night that young, led to. When you're young, you shouldn't be trying to have kids that young, you know? So that was definitely not something that was planned. But I'm happy it happened. I have my daughter, and I don't regret anything about that, so. Y'all was just practicing. Ah, <laughs> you would say, yeah. So your daughter, her name is Soraya? Yeah, Soraya. How old is she now? She's turning five this month. Okay. So you were in a full-fledged relationship with Danny. Mm -hmm. uh, and you and you loved him, and you and he loved you, and you you believe he really loved you, right? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, to the best way he knew how to love, I guess. Because I don't at that, think at anybody's definition of what he considered love or what anybody else considers love is the same. So 
So how were you raised? I mean, what was what's your backstory? Like, people don't know you, I don't feel like. Tell me about you. Um, I was raised in a two-parent household. My parents have been together since they were 13, and they've been married for over 25 years. So I've always had a strong presence of a father figure. My mom, they, my parents were involved in my life at all. So, I mean, I always had that portrait painted nicely to me growing up so I always wanted that you know I, I figured like the man I have a kid with or whatever this man I'm gonna be with whoever I decided to start a family with that's you know what was set to be for me in my head you know because of how I was raised and I come from a big family and all of us like all my uncles my aunts they've been together for over 20 plus, it's normal for me to see that. I was just interested, when you first got with Danny, what did your parents think? Um, I was still too young in my parents' eyes. Like, they weren't hearing the whole boyfriend thing, but they didn't want me to sneak away from, or like do things behind their back. So they were more open to it. But my father, I'm, the old, I'm his oldest, and I'm the oldest of five. So, you know, everything that he went through with his kids, he went through first with me. And I guess that was kind of like the test dummy through it all. My parents, they didn't know how to like handle, you know, the situation of me having a boyfriend. And it was just. Well, because you were like 15 years old at the time, right? 15, yeah, I 16. Was like six, I was 16. Yeah. Yeah. And Danny at the time didn't have tattoos on his face. He was just a regular kid no, from the block, he, right? Yeah. He looked, he looked normal. He didn't have no tattoos. Now, the, now we've seen some pictures that had popped up of him before. You know the tattoos and the lace front wigs and all that. He was uh -huh. dressed down. Maybe, maybe, maybe he had a nice little dicky outfit in the backpack. He just looked like a regular kid. Was that who you met and started to like? Because I want to know, like, when did it go from that into this mega marketing machine that's like on everybody's Instagram, causing havoc every day? No, the funny thing is, the picture that you're saying is what went viral. That I didn't meet him at that time. That's still like maybe like a year or two before I met him. So he didn't look the same as that picture. I think I know what you're talking about. That he has like okay. a sweater vest or something like a button down shirt, <laughs> you know? But I right. didn't meet him around that time. Um, I met him like actually two years after that. And he had like a different style of swag. He wasn't dressed in the same. He had wore beanies. He was like known to like have these outrageous clothes. that said all this like, Tons of curses and stuff like that. That was the style back then. And so what was it that, because, you know, we all have our childhood uh, sweethearts. What was it that a Sarah Molina, who grew up in a two-parent household, grew up around love, how, what was it about him that attracted you to him? Because I don't know, you know, you know a person that we don't know. You know a person before all of the stunts and the charades Absolutely. and the Instagram and the world. And so... When people think about how you fall in love with a person, they may think about who they know you to be now on Instagram and who they know him to be, not who you both were at that time. Was he just a totally different person? Um, yeah. I mean, I took to him the same way many other people took to him, you know? Like, for the same reason, some may find a liking to him. Like, I thought he was funny. I thought he was, he had tons of charisma. I thought, you know, we got along well. It was just, things... Simple traits like that that I took to him, and that's the reason why, you know, I gave him a shot and we started dating or whatever. But 
What do you think is like the biggest misconception about him? Because the person that you're painting sounds so different than what I was expecting. I'm a little surprised. Yeah. Um, I think people's biggest mis like misconception is, uh, it's hard to just like describe him now as a person. It's, I, I really, I wouldn't know how to describe him now as a person without like contradicting who he used to be, you know? So it's just like, I can't say the, the Danny that I remember, I can't say currently that, oh, he's still, you know, he, I can't say he's so caring or whatever. Cause if he looks now, he seems to only care about himself. I, I, things that I remember, I can't speak on now, you know, cause he's a totally different person now. I don't, I don't know this person. I'm not in his life. So, you know, I had like, it's just that. And that, and that was the point that I was getting at and really just trying to establish for the audience who may look at you as the mother of six nines child, but you're in your head, the woman who, you know, fell in love with a younger Danny before six, nine and had a whole established relationship with an individual that you knew. Now he's somebody else. I sometimes think he doesn't even know who he is. No, um, I, and so, feel, it, I feel the same way. You know, it's it's so it's so unfortunate and sad to see someone that I used to know off the back of my head and watch them all over the internet and they look completely lost, you know? So it's just like, I, I, I kind of pity him in that way. One of the things that I know that you've been open about is being um, uh, subjected to, and I don't know if you used the word victim, but subjected to domestic violence and while you were in a relationship with I'm Danny or six yeah. nine, um, a survivor. I'm but you've been open. You've been open about you've been, you've been open about yeah, that. Yeah, I, what, I what do. Made, what, what, I do advocate for that. I do events. The last event I did was with Evelyn Lozada, and it was a big thing. We did it within our neighborhood. We went back to the old high schools. So I, I'm very like tapped in and like tuned in to like you know advocating and doing stuff like that because a part of what I went through was very traumatic. And for a long time, I normalized it, and it wasn't normal, and I didn't know how to break out or like have someone to talk to where they would understand me being so passive aggressive with these real life situations that really put me in harm physically, not even just emotionally, mentally, you know? So I like doing that type of stuff. I like reaching out mm -hmm. to the young girls and stuff like that. Cause when mm -hmm. I was going through what I went through, I didn't have nobody to talk to. It wasn't normal. I couldn't come to my family. No, no woman in my family, they weren't going to look at me like crazy. They wouldn't look at me like I was crazy. Like I was raised better than that. Right. And so that, that's the point. If you grew up mm. in a two-parent household around a lot of love, how do you, when you find yourself in a situation, because I'm trying to understand, you know, I know that you've said he's hit you in front of your daughter and there may have been some other things. What were the type of experiences that you were having when you were together? I mean, I can explain it in a nutshell by just saying the most generic thing. When we were good, we were good. And when we were bad, we were really bad, you know? And it's, as toxic as it sounds, that's just what it, that's what our relationship was. When did it start? Because I know y'all together from young. 
did, was it always that way? When did this abuse start? Um, it started maybe roughly like a month after I moved in with him. You know, a year, wow. a year into our relationship. A year into the relationship, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, is there a reason why? You know, I've I've interviewed Khalees, who was very open about being abused by Nas, and I've talked to a lot of women who've had abusive relationships. And there are some who feel really comfortable about talking about the details, and there are some that like to sum them up in nutshells. Why do you not like to get into the weeds of it? Is it because it's too painful? Because you don't want to? Because you want to protect him, or what is no, it? No, no, no. Quite honestly, I have gone into depth about a lot a lot of the abuse and stuff like that. But my thing is, I'm not going to keep on saying my story on deaf ears. A lot of people don't care, you know, to hear what I went through. And that's fine. You know, I don't, I'm not expecting anybody to care, especially when the internet is full of young kids and a lot of these young kids idolize him. So they can, he can do no wrong in their eyes. And I'm all these things that they like to type up underneath my comments. As soon as I say anything about him, that doesn't shine a good light on him, you know? So it's not that it's painful because I there's times where I spoke my story and it's hard for people to believe because I'm not as emotional as they think I should be. But there are times where certain things, as I say the story, that might trigger me one day that they didn't in that moment, you know? So it's, it's very complicated with when... It depends on the audience of who I'm speaking to that I would decide to get into depth about it. But over the internet, a bunch of 12-year-olds that have him as their freaking icon picture, no. But that, but that's why, but that's why you know what what intrigues me about you in this story is that I have been watching from the background, the back and forth. You know, I know his voice is a lot louder than yours. He's a lot louder than ours because of who he is and the 12-year-olds that set him up on that pedestal, right? Yeah. But, you know, I do believe no matter how big or small a person's voices or specifically a woman's voices, they should always have a platform to be able to share their side. I know that you had said or you had accused him of rape and abuse and people blamed you or people didn't believe you, right? Yeah. Um. You know, it's crazy. I didn't, I wasn't so forthcoming about my whole domestic abuse, any any of it at all. Um, it was right before he had got locked up in 2018 that a, pe- a picture was leaked of a busted, my busted mouth. He had one morning punched me in my mouth and I took a picture of it and it, I sent it to someone, you know, but that per- person later on after the fact, after, you know, right down to the wire of him about to get locked up, they leaked it and it was just everywhere. So even after that, I was quiet because it's just like, I wasn't ready. You know, I, I didn't have a choice to put that stuff out there. Someone did it for me and that wasn't fair. Unfortunately, it was like, I'm, I, I'm not mad at the person for doing it. You want to know why? Because I felt like had they not done it, I don't think if I would, I don't think I would have been so forthcoming or open to even, you know, speak about it. I have a quick question. Just to, Tap back real quick about your family. Um, you talked about how you were raising your father. I'm a father as well. What would you have needed from your parents to be more open about what was going on in your relationship as far as the abuse? Absolutely nothing. My parents are young parents. You see my dad, he looks like he can be my man. 
You see my mom, she looks like she can be my sister. My oh, I, I love I love I love your mother, by the way. I know. Just so you know, I know you I'm do. a fan of your mom. I'm a, I'm a fan of your mother. She said he's posted me up a few times. I'm like, all right. <laughs> my, my mom's damage in blue, mom's is spicy. She's not playing. My mom So she's she's my mom's my she's mom's as pretty as you mom. are, I'm guessing. Uh I, I tend to look a little bit more like my father, so but she does, I do resemble her. But it's just like I have young parents. My parents, they were raised by the streets. They raised each other, and we essentially raised each other. My parent, my mom had me at sixteen. My dad was the same age. It's just you know, babies having babies. So my parents, like I said, they weren't trying to hear the boyfriend thing. They were open. You know, I have wonderful parents. My parents are really great, and I'm happy that they didn't shelter me from a lot. But it's just like. I was young and in love. I wasn't hearing nobody. I just had. So the damages question, um, you the reason why there was nothing that your parents could have done no, to get you to tell them because of my parents. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and and I and I'm not getting that vibe from you, but just you know, as a parent myself, what's something that I could project to my my kids to make sure they feel comfortable if there was a situation to come to me and bring it up. My thing was. Even though I have such an open relationship with my parents, um, I felt like I leaned on one point, one parent more than the other. So it's just like I mean, anybody who knows me knows how extremely close I am with my dad. So it's just like imagine trying to lean on my father figure about something that I know can either put him in jail or really hurt him. You know, being the type of man that he is. And I have younger yeah. siblings. I would never want to put my dad in a position where he can lo- lose his livelihood or anything like that. In my head, I'm thinking I would never come to my dad and tell him this is what's being done to me. And I can't really know how to come to my mom about it because she's such a strong, assertive woman. She doesn't tolerate anything, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, Jason knows. He's, he's seen how crazy my mom gets on that imagine my impression is just like I I I did feel alone even though my parents did nothing wrong. Mm. So you were talking about women earlier and social media and audience, right? Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of young girls who are watching you, they think you're beautiful, your your family's beautiful, you are linked to this rapper where whether good or bad, you're be getting some kind of attention or notoriety or fame for that. But your story is kind of sobering, right? Like, it's not all glitz. It's not all glam. So for the young girls out there who want to be in your position, who want to be linked to a rapper, who want to have a baby by a celebrity, what cautionary advice would you give to young girls who think that what you're doing is better than what they have at home? I mean, I feel like the girls that are aiming for that are cut from a different cloth. You know, I didn't go seek after a rapper and say, I want to have a baby by a rapper. I met a kid my age that I so happened to fall in love with, and this is what his life turned out to be, you know? So I wouldn't know what advice to tell a girl if she wanted to have a kid by a rapper or something, you know? I didn't have a kid by a rapper. I had a kid with someone who was still Danny, you know? Who became a rapper. Yeah, I can't really. And for the girls who want that, I just feel as different cloth in so many words i i don't know what nice the way to put it 
So let me ask you, I know that going back to the topic of you claiming that he raped you now, when you were you in a relationship? Because I think some people may not understand. Like I don't know, did it happen when you were together or not? But I think for some people may not understand what that. What difference did it make? You know. Well, I was just about. I was just about to say. I was about to say whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship. A woman always has the right to say no, or a man has a right to say no because men too. I, uh, but I, mm-hmm. I what happened? This is a good thing to speak about because I, obviously, just yesterday, you know. Jada, they did the whole red table talk that is just like, it's something that is so, like, people can't really wrap their head around someone that you're with forcing themselves on you when you don't want it, you know? And 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 the way that it was done to me is just like, that's, that's is, is not consensual. You don't beat someone for two hours and then force yourself on them to have sex. I'm sorry. If I'm telling you no, I have two black eyes. I don't even know how you're bringing yourself to be aroused to even want to do something with me after you just made me look the way I looked. It's just a lot going on. And I could differentiate me being intimate or having like sex with my partner to him forcing himself on me in the manner that he did. And it's been multiple times. So it's just like, it's not an accusation. He he can say whatever he want. I mean, he pled guilty for to seven years of domestic violence. And why do you think people weren't sympathetic to you? Why do you think people is it because of his fame and his status? Oh, uh, absolutely. I, like I said, he has a bigger voice than mine, so it's just like people are quick to hear what he's what comes out of his mouth quicker than mine. It's just like I feel like when and I give guys that because a lot of women, especially with rappers and celebrities, they're, you know, women are shady. They're spiteful. Not, I'm not speaking for the good women or about the good women. I'm speaking about the women that are, that's directed to, you know. So I can understand them, the, the hype that's like sensationalized about a girl being, trying to get even with you and saying you raped her. You beat her. You know, all these horrible things to ruin your career. but. I'm not I'm not trying to ruin your career. I have we have a kid together at the end of the day that we both need to take care of. So it's just like why would I wanna stop the way you make money? But if you're gonna speak on me, I'm gonna defend myself. If you're gonna say something I, I just I like a lot of clarification. So it's just like there's some times where I'll just address it and then there's times where I'm I see people fishing for shit, you know, just to say about me. So it's just like, or fishing for a reaction or like gaslight in certain situations that I just pay no complete mind to. So after he beat you for two hours and then raped you, wow. what did he say to you? Um, He told me I couldn't leave his room. And wow. I had to stay there till the morning. See, as a woman hearing that story, I can't imagine having a child with someone like that because it's like on one hand, you had a beautiful relationship with your father. And I know that you always imagined that your daughter would have the same thing. So with everything that's happened, and I'm sure you've done a lot of internal work with dealing with that, what kind of father is he now? Like, how do you navigate the man who did that to you versus the person who's the father of your child? I feel like essentially that's, 
the main goal. We want our kids to love us the way we love our parents if we have that relationship with our parents. Or, but I feel like him being a father today is no different from him being a father two years ago or four years ago. It's just he's not present. And, I mean, he likes to save our daughter for last, if you will. So it's just like, my daughter, I know to me, she's my first priority. So it's kind of hurtful that you have a man who, you know, puts a lot of people first in his life besides his child. And see, where Mm -hmm. I fell in love with your mom, and that was a great question, Blue, where I fell in love with your mom was... Your mom seems like the mama bear, but with, you know, with an accent and from uptown. She ain't playing. <laughs> she don't got no time for no bullshit. I really and, don't play. No. No. And there, there was a video. Um, and by the way, I hope people watching you and listening to this conversation are listening to it and looking at it through lenses that are clear of perception or opinion. Because I think what I'm exactly. hearing is uh, a young woman who's articulate, beautiful, comes from a good family, met a young boy, fell in love, had a kid. His life changed. Uh, He changed. They then changed. And she's the one who is the person getting all the shit for it. That's what I hear. So I hope that's what people are receiving. Mm -hmm. Now, what I saw your mom, what I really fell in love with her was when you had done a video where you were talking about how he's not taking care of his kid or he's not there, not supporting. You know, I don't see you out asking for Birkin bags, asking for cars, asking for trips. I I see you talking about his lack of parenting and being involved in your kid's life, not being with you, not giving you clout, being in your kid's life, his kid's life. His kid's life. Uh, why do you think people are missing that? I, I just feel like no matter the logic behind anything anybody says, people just totally don't get it when people say it. And they just listen to what he says. I mean, I'm not, it's not about me and him. We're not together. So it's just like, I make that very cute. I make that very clear. No matter, like, a lot of people get lost in translation when I speak or the times that I do tell my story. When I tell my story and I speak on, or I get personal for the few times that I do, like whether it's over live or something, people like to misconstrue it and be like, she's bitter. She's bitter. She wants him. It's just like, no, I'm passionate. And the number one thing I'm passionate about is being a parent and my and my daughter. So it's just like, yes, it's going to frustrate me when I see him not being equally as well involved or just want to, that want. I don't see that even if he didn't have the time because him being who he is, just that genuine want. Like you can't see your daughter FaceTime her iPad. You can't you know, do certain things, just certain things that I never built a a barrier or bridge or made it difficult for him to be active. I don't have him on child support. Um, I've made it very clear. Does he he help? Does he help financially at all? No. Not even a dollar. Not even a dollar. He popped up into my, my daughter's life recently after he got off house arrest. Um, I did allow him to see the baby. I didn't, like, we didn't have no real direct conversation. Everything's mediated, through, like, through my mom. So she was the middle person and, you know, us talking. I haven't spoken to the guy in almost two years. You know, I had no conversation with him. He wasn't calling to, you know, to check on the baby 
until like a whole year after he was already locked up, you know, and he chose not to speak or reach out. But this is but this is what I said to Nia Guzman about Chris Brown, right? You didn't ask to get in a relationship with a rapper, but you did. Uh, I mean, you didn't ask to have a baby by a rapper, but you ended up having a baby by a man who became a rapper and became wealthy, who now has a responsibility. What is this not going after child support thing? I'm glad that Nia did it. And why are you not doing it? No, no. I've tr- mm. That's one thing. It's, it's the, the idea of child support. People look at it as a ticket. It's so frustrating to me that I have to go to a court. It's actually embarrassing that I have to go to a court to ask them that they mandate you to help me. I'm not asking you to provide a lifestyle. Just help, bro. And I feel like you should want to provide those things for your kids. You should want your kid to live as equally good as good as you. I'm not asking you to buy me a bag or to pay for anything for myself. I take care of myself. Just contribute and show interest and spend time with my daughter. That's it. That's all I like really press on and that's where my frustration comes. His lack but of Sarah, the, the, but Sarah, but Sarah, the way that Nia was able to get Chris to do that and to be more active and to show up and do what he was supposed to do, because your daughter deserves to live, uh, uh, I mean, she she probably lives well Jason, now, but what I'm saying I, is... Can I ask you a question? Yes. Chris Brown ain't walking around with a thousand six nines on his head, all over his body in wigs, all right? They're two different people. He's <laughs> so far, the frustration I have with dealing, and I don't even, I don't have, I don't speak to him. I almost want to say, first of all, I can't even deal with you right now. <laughs> what she basically said was Chris Brown ain't walking around like a clown with a damn lace front on his neck. Like, I get That's it. That's literally what she said. Thinking, That's literally what no, she said. No, his way of thinking is completely different, I think, from the average man and person right now. is I don't. Clearly. Uh, that's what I'm trying to but find out. But, 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 if he, but if he can go on the shade room and tell my friend Angie that he pays $15,000 for each wig he does, he can make sure that Soraya has a college fund set up, that she yep. has can any I, private schooling she be, wants I'm to go to. I'm completely personal with you. He said he spent more on his, I think, on his girlfriend in one year than what he has put away for our daughter in a bank account. Wow. But that's the point. You have the power to go and hold him accountable. He ain't he ain't okay. new to yes, the courts. I've, and let me tell you something. This is I've got all right, so it was early twenty early twenty nineteen and I did this was maybe a little after the last incident incident that he put his hands on me and then he went away to jail and just completely cut all communication. So at this point, I don't know what's going on. I, I'm i hearing he's cooperating. I'm hearing all these other things. So I go, I'm like, he didn't leave us with anything completely. Like, he left us out to dry while he got locked up mm-hmm. and took care of the people that he wanted to take care of. So I went to child support. I filed the case or whatever. I did all of that. When I go to follow, I went again to follow up. They're telling me that it's like obsolete. Like there's nothing in the system. I don't have a case number, nothing under my name, nothing. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. I was just here last week. And so it just disappeared? Like it was deleted. Like it was removed Ooh. from the system. So listen to this. 
the lady who was working the counter looking it up. Anywhere I go, especially after that point, you know, I was super under the radar. I didn't want to go to a public building in Brooklyn to family court to, you know, just be spotted or whatever. You know, I was taking caution with those things. So I had a hoodie on and she was like, I know who you are. And I'm like, do you? She goes, yeah. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm a publicist. And she was, I guess, promoting herself. And she goes, I'm going to be- The lady working at the courthouse? Yeah. She was like- messy. She was like, there are people who remove case, you know, cases. She was like, I'm going to put it in and I'm going to send it through, through for you. So I went ahead and I was like, you know, I was- I was grateful. I was like, oh, my God, thank you, you know. She's like, don't worry. Get what you're supposed to get for your daughter. That's what she told me. So I had ended up moving. So the county that I moved to, I had a, you know, I followed up with them. So, um, again, it's removed out the system. And I'm not going to lie. After hearing that it was taken out of the system, or how, I don't even know how it works, but they weren't finding anything. and I was going back and reapplying it was so frustrating so it's just like you know what i took it as he got a good fucking lawyer okay because whoever it is that's removing my case they he's really not trying to help me so it was just frustrating and embarrassing that i gotta keep on doing this for you to want to do for your daughter so i just said forget the whole thing that's interesting. I, I, I'm gonna help you disgusting. figure that out. I I, I got That's a little idea. I'm gonna help you figure that out because I, you know, my mother did. I I grew up, you know, with my mom who fell on drugs, and my dad wasn't in my life. And we, when she got on drugs, and even before then, we struggled. And she would always talk about my dad's child support. That child support never showed up. He never paid it. <laughs> this this dude got the money to pay for it, and the fact that he can like just run around and talk oh. about how much he's spending on wigs and not taking care ugly of his daughter is not cool. Ugly wigs, by the way. <laughs> no, it's so, like I've been I've been through so much with this guy. It's just like I can't I can't sit and even separate it from him, bring myself to the level to even go back to fighting with him in the slightest way that is just like it's not gonna do anything because he just does with the whatever he wants. Nobody can really tell him nothing. And it's always really been that way. So whenever he decides to be a dad, that's when he's gonna that's when it's gonna happen. Not because someone told him, not because a court is like it's just that's just the way he's wired. But I think it's less I think it's less about being a dad though and more about protecting Soraya and making sure that she has all the, the resources that she should have, right? Yep. Absolutely. My daughter right now is on the spectrum like she's on the spectrum for autism. Everything that services all of that, that's me. Like me and my family and the people that I have around me that help with that. He doesn't help with that. I mean, the last conversation I had with him months ago, well, that he had with my mom in front of me because he can't bring himself to have any words to say to me. Um, he was like acting as if he was involved or wanted to be involved with figuring that out. That didn't happen. He completely went MIA. Um, he wanted to be on board with planning my daughter's birthday completely been MIA. I have, he hasn't been around for months. And I feel like the only 
reason why he did come around a few months ago was, you know, so he can later on that week have TMZ put out that he he said sorry to me. He made amends with me. He sees his daughter. He provides after one initial meeting, after a whole year and a half of you not reaching out or doing what you said we're going to do. So, you know? so, so when he transitioned into... The clown that we know now, did you, were you ever, when did you become concerned where his antics with all this blood gang stuff and the going to different hoods and disrespecting people's dead homies? Did you ever feel like there could be a security issue for you and your daughter? Because people know who you are and know that that, that he has a daughter with you. After, um, in 2018, after he got robbed, he, he had one of the best security teams out there. So, he had maybe like 10 guys around him building a wall that would be in my house every day and all 10 of those guys would leave. Knowing that people came to my house and we didn't actually move yet and they robbed him, they stuck him up or whatever. Um, You know, it was uneasy, especially with what he said to me. He told me like, you know, what was said, like, towards the guy that robbed him basically was like who's in who's upstairs inside this is like what he told me and he was like sarah my mom and the baby please let me just let me call her he was like you know this is from what danny told me the guy said um Mm -hmm. he was like all right if she tries some funny shit we're gonna have to shoot her so yeah so you know, he told me that after the fact, and I was completely, I didn't have my daughter home with me for a while until I figured out the whole relocate, like relocating thing, because he still wanted to live where we were living, because he felt safe, because every day he walked out with all 10 of the security and didn't leave at least one or two home with me and his daughter, you know? I guess his safety was more important, but it's just... That's the way he saw it. So my you, thing, was there was there ever a time when you felt like like any day somebody could just show up and hurt you and your daughter? My thing is, I feel because of the job that I've done, you know, um, like having made it very clear where I draw the line between me and him. Like I, I make it very clear he don't really care about us. So anyone with a brain knows like if anything was to happen god forbid you know it's not gonna really do as much damage to him you know he he'll is unfortunate to him as sad and crazy as it is to hear it or as it sounds anybody knows hurting us ain't really gonna hurt him Mm -hmm. that's infuriating that's infuriating and so for timeline purposes, just so people are following this, because, again, sometimes people don't hear. They just hear what they want to hear. You guys met in 2012. You were 15, 16 years old. Uh, eventually got into a relationship, 18 years old, had a kid at 19. Now, in 2015, you weren't aware of you weren't aware of the sexual assault case that he's currently that he's in the news about. Right. I was with him before the case. I was with him after the case. Um my thing with that whole situation was I months before that I didn't really want to be with him. 
and I was, you know, separating myself. I had moved out, um, but on my birthday, I, I did find out I was pregnant, so he ended up giving me this talk. He's all in my mouth, oh, we're going to have this family. Just I was just tired of him trying to, like, at this time, he was building the whole Takashi 6 9 name, so he was just being super disrespectful, suplexing girls on beds, just had this whole nasty demeanor that was slowly just, like, turning me off and pushing me away. I was tired of seeing someone that I love and cared, cared about on Worldstar every day because he's doing some stupid stuff to a girl. So I get it. Everybody was reposting him. Snoop Dogg, everybody. That's the most attention he ever got. So that's what he stuck to. But and then he got addicted. And then he got addicted to it, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes, he did. And I had told him, I'm like, you know, I don't I don't want to be with you, but I'll see how this goes. Within that week, I think he got locked up. And I'm like, he's calling me from jail. I'm not really knowing what's going on. I get to the courtroom with his um, brother's girlfriend at the time because he was like, oh, he got court, got up here. And I'm hearing what his bail was. And then I'm hearing what the charges. I'm like, what did he do? Like, it can't be worse than flipping a girl on the bed. Like, and then that's when they read the papers and he likes to put it wrong place, wrong time. It's just like, as how is just the whole act of doing what you're doing still okay? No matter what but what's in, but, but, but what's interesting is the 13-year-old girl is saying that she was incoherent on drugs and did not consent to you sex You can't blame him. a child. How are you blaming a yeah. child? She was a little girl. Like, it's just, I have a daughter. I, I'm not going to say, that's good for you. You have no business being there. You sure you can't have no business being there, but grown men shouldn't have business having a young girl in that setting, just her herself. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't, it's, she was a little girl. That's just what it is. What are your thoughts about that? Do you think he likes little girls or do you think it was wrong no, place, wrong time? No, my or? thing is, I just feel like he saw one thing, and which is, I'm not going to lie, he, he's always had this about himself. If he says he's going to do something, he's going to set forth to do it no matter how it gets done. If he says he's going to be famous, he's going to do whatever it takes to be famous. If he says he's going to be a rapper, if he says... He's going to hire all the best ghostwriters. He's going to do whatever it is. That's just how he is. He's very over the top, and he likes to prove points from what we all can see. So it's just like I never for once thought he had a, a, a an attraction or issue with younger girls. It's just you obviously knew she was younger, whether you knew her exact age. It's not something you do. You know, that's just what it was with that situation. And I felt like it was a part of him being selfish and young too, but I I don't excuse it. No. So now, now I got to ask you with Shadi. You know, he recently mm-hmm. again on the conversation with Angie said that he had gone through your phone and saw some text messages with you and Shadi. That, no, that, that he went I, through Shadi's phone. Went through went through yeah. Shadi's phone. Damage. Thank you, damage. Went through Shadi's phone. 
saw the text messages and found out that you had allegedly slept with him. Did that happen or did he make that up? Because that's where he that's what he uses as an excuse why he hit you. No, because he was hitting me way years before he even knew Shadi existed. It's he says whatever he wants to say to benefit him. That was something so salacious that was like going all over the internet. So he used it to his advantage. He was always incoherent. He was drunk. Um, while he was on tour, his tour manager was like, he's getting drunk every day. You know, I don't know what's going on. And it wasn't until that day that he got back from L.A. around November. It was already in November. This is way after Dubai. And those rumors started coming around in July when he says I slept with Shadi or whatever. So it was just like, that was such... A, like he can't say I'm bugging out and I need to release this anger because I'm on pills or I'm high off coke right now. He's not going to tell me that. So he's going to find excuses. But it was that same day that he supposedly went through my phone, which was the day that he punched me in my mouth. He punched me in my mouth and kicked me out of our house at like six, by like seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning. I had all my stuff packed and I was out the house. What it was, I told him I was leaving him because while he was still in L.A., this was November 9th, I think. I told him I was leaving him because I saw him in L.A. with his current girlfriend. I was like, you know, you're cheating on me. I'm not really doing You're just embarrassing me. It's all over the Internet that you're with this girl. You're flaunting her around. So I called my mom. I said, get me a U-Haul, come to our house, and I need you to help me pack all the things. All that, everything that's mine. And at the time, his mom lived with us. So she was calling him and let him know, like, Sarah's leaving. She's leaving with all her shit. So he booked a flight and came out here. He booked a flight with Shadi and came out here. And I was, by the time I was ready to leave, he called my aunt that I used to always stay with. And he goes, oh, where are you? She goes, I'm at your house, actually. He goes, oh, so Sarah's not with you at your house? That's in Brooklyn. He flew all the way to our house in Long Island in a matter of, like, it was less than 30 minutes as we're putting the stuff into the U-Haul. And he had he had the craziest deranged look in his face. He came with the secu- one security guard, and my parents were still in the house. So I'm like, he's going to beat my ass in front of my parents right now because this is like the first bold thing that I've ever done. Just like he's not gonna come back home to none of my, my none of my stuff and none of my daughter's stuff. So I was already. That's why I had both my parents there with me. He was like, "Go upstairs. Let me talk to you." I was completely scared. I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. At this point, I'm completely terrified because he already beat me in Dubai, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing none of this. You're not. You're not going to beat me upstairs while my parents are downstairs. He was like, I'll leave the door open. I said, okay. He was pacing back and forth in the room, telling me I can't leave, that he needs me. Um, He was just saying things that didn't make sense. So I'm like, at this point, I'm scared because he grabbed me up. And my mom comes in the room because she heard, heard me squeal, squeal just a little bit because I, I, I squealed. I, was, I jumped up. I was scared, you know, when he grabbed me. So she was talking to him upstairs and he just went, dismissed himself and went in the shower. 
she was like, yo, he's acting crazy. He's pacing back and forth, whatever the case is. When my mom left, the security was still by the door. What, what, was he was he high or was he just Listen, angry? I'm going to say it right now. The security was by the door and he had just got back. He came straight from the airport straight to that, like to my aunt's house and then straight to, he did not unpack or nothing. So I'm going through his duffel. I start going through his duffel and the security grabbed me. He's like, Sarah, what are you doing? I'm like, Sam, he's bugging out right now. He's scaring me. I need to see what he's on. I got to see what he's doing that is making him act this way. It's driving him nuts. Like, I, I've i never seen a person go crazy until I saw him that day. So I was like, I got to see what's making him act this way. And I was like, Sam, is he on drugs? And and I'm looking, and Sam just grabbed my hands again. He was like, don't ask me questions. You don't want to know the answer to. And he just went like that. And I saw Coke in the back, so. Yikes. Mm. I'm listening to the story, and I'm trying so hard to, like, keep it in. But this is, like I mentioned, it's it's very infuriating. But I'm taken aback by how calmly you're sharing these, like, trash, horrible stories about him. Oh. And so I'm wondering, like, have you gone to, like, a really great therapist? Are you? Is it prayer? Are you just so no, tired? I'm just... You don't have energy? Like, how are you not burning his wigs? Like, I would be slashing his tires right now. Like, how are you so calm? About all the stuff that he and he also tried to slander you on Absolutely. top of that. So how do you, you keep know it what in? Was? I feel like I would drive myself nuts trying to do everything he's doing to me. Does he look happy? Boy is like overdosing on caffeine. Like he's he looks completely lost. I no matter what the situation is, I'm not going to kick someone while they're down already, but I am going to be honest and I am going to be truthful. So if that bothers you, then I don't know what to tell you, but I can't say the only reason why I'm able to sit here and say these things about him is because he's given me reason to, you've done these things. Um, I'm not saying anything that's not the truth. I'm not saying it in a way that I'm angry about it. Maybe frustrated sometimes that it does come across. And maybe I do get have moments when I'm on the internet and I see little things. But it takes a lot to get a reaction out of me. It gets a lot to, it takes a lot to take, it takes a lot to get a clap back from me. It's just like a lot, you know? So it's just like, in itself, he's just a headache, and I already have seven years of that. Let him be someone else's fucking <laughs> mess. I can't do that. Yeah. My focus is my daughter and getting my life together, and I don't have I till this, I don't have no hate in my heart for him. I honestly don't, cause it's just like I don't have to hate him for everything he did. Whether it's God working with me, it's just like. I'm just so grateful and happy I'm not in that place I was two years ago when I was with him. Just for clarification on the story, there there's no truth to the thing with you and Shadi. No, it isn't. He just, I don't know. He's really sick. I, he, he completely made all of that up. Yes, he did. And it's just like, he took what was a headline to be something so salacious on like a little bum ass YouTube channel or whatever. And he really forcefully pushed that narrative to yeah. do all the things that he did to me. And it's just like, 
I don't understand. And like, so now, now if now, okay, so he had a kid with you and was in love with you and and betrayed you. He became Shadi's understudy and allowed the blood gang to validate him for the street culture. And then he 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 snitched on him. Who is he loyal to? Anybody? To himself. There was guys that he wasn't accusing this on. You know, he just had the biggest falling out with Shadi because. I guess there was a money situation that he tried to use. You know, I wasn't, I separated myself from my baby father um, before he went to jail and stuff and before he started cooperating. And the two people, one, most, like, person that's there for him every day, seven years, you know, just left him. The person that he was completely close to, he's accusing them of stealing money. There was already this headline that was out there. What bigger way is just like to fuck with me than I'm big on my womanhood. I'm big on, you know, my motherhood. I'm big on a lot of things just because of the way I was raised. So what better way to tarnish those things than to say the things that he's, things that he's saying, things that matter to me, he wants to get at. And it's just like, I don't have to sit here. I, he he failed tremendously. I don't I don't care with what anybody really says about me in whatever room I walk into because the moment I open my mouth, I know it quickly changes, you know? So it's just like, I don't have to sit here and defend any of those things to anybody on the internet, especially not no 12-year-olds. So what what is what do you what do you think the biggest misconception is about you? Because like Blue had said, or one of us had said, I mean, looking at you, you're beautiful, you're articulate, you come from a good family, you I'm sure are a good mom. Um, you didn't ask for all this. What what do you think the biggest misconception is about you as a person? Um, that I'm just this bitter, angry person. You know, I say this many times. I. You can't expect anything less or more from me on the internet. It would be a different story if it was like in person. But when you're on the internet and you have this false narrative that's out on you and these people swearing that they know your life more than you do, you're going to be angry. You're going to be frustrated sometimes. And it's just like, at some point, I had to understand that the internet holds no boundary. Like, you're, everything's fair game, so they're going to say the most disrespectful things. So it's just like, I learned not to care. I, I That was something I really struggled with. And it's just like, it don't even matter to me. Like, these people don't pay my bills. They don't help me with my kid. They don't take care of my family. Like, why do I really care? I have good friends and I have good family. But un- but under but underneath all that not caring, you're still a human being with feelings. You still have a Absolutely. heart. Absolutely, there are. Right. There, you, but I've grown so much like self love, and I've been so content with myself. It's just like, yeah, I used to break down. There was times I'm like, oh no, they're calling me. They saying I'm a Tatiana. They saying all these things. Or I'm for the streets. They wilding on me, and it's just like I'm far from this. Like. And it did hurt my, it hurt my, like, it hurt my spirit. It helped, it hurt my esteem. I didn't want to go live. I didn't want to post pictures. I'm just, like, so over it. It's just, I learned to completely just be content with my personal life and what I have going on with my personal life to care too much about what's going on with social media and 
what's being said, what's not being said. So when your daughter, Soraya, asks you, where's my dad or daddy or asked about him, what do you say and how do you react to that? Um, like I said, I have young parents, so my daughter refers to, she calls my dad, dad. Um, whenever she refers to dad, she talks about my father. My dad, you know, he's more than I can ever ask for. He stepped up in a way that he didn't have to for me and for my daughter. So I will get there when we get there if she has questions. So and we'll be open about that if he doesn't continue to make any changes, which would be sad. But it's just like my daughter is fine with or without him. So it's just and I think that should be a low blow in itself you know, to him as a father and as a man, that your kid's better off if you're here. Well, but you have, you, have to, you have to commit to us, too, that, like, even though you've tried and the court has fucked you over, over and over, whatever, you have to commit that for the sake of your daughter's future, for the sake of the, the, the uh, way that she, the, all the resources in which you want to have, in addition to what you already have to raise her, that you will continue to fight for what she's owed because Absolutely. it's not about a, you know? You know, I, I I do think about that and I do battle with myself a lot. It's just like, he doesn't even take his safety serious, you know? I, I be on, I don't, I feel like he only thinks about himself at this point and it would just, I'd rather him just, figure himself out in his life before he tries to re-enter my daughter's life, I'll give him that fair chance to get himself together before you bring that mess over here because we don't need it. We've dealt with enough well, between me and my daughter. And if he's on cocaine and he's, I mean, he's oh, no, literally... That Obviously, that's not something I don't... Look, if you guys believe caffeine, believe caffeine. I, I just know a lot of what used to go on and what did happen and what did take place so it's just like i'm not gonna allow my daughter to be alone in a setting where i still feel like he doesn't value his safety let alone the safety of others around him including my daughter especially are you, for last. are you are you surprised he hasn't been killed yet no i'm not surprised it's just like the internet's the internet i know that he did affect so many people's life, including my own, my own, in such a real way that it's just like whether it's good or bad, um, it's still very much real. And I know that's something that a lot of people who were affected, or you know, whether it was secondhand or whatever, they still feel strongly about. But I I, I feel like he's as long as he got security, he gonna still be feeling invincible, like no one can touch him. He does a lot well, of um, trolling, you know, so he'll post he, he somewhere and then really be somewhere else. He likes to strategize, like, things he posts, social media, all of that. So, I mean, that's always been him from when I was with him, and I know that's him now, at least with me knowing him and knowing his work ethic and when he sets out to do something, so... Well, one thing I will say, he he is he's brilliant in in respect to how he's been able to build his brand. I mean, when he did get out of prison, you know, or jail, 
he had reached out. We had texted each other. I did want to interview him, but I but I explained to him, you know, I'm I'm not going to like I'm not sucking no celebrity's dick to make them feel comfortable to come here. Like we have to have real conversations because I think about you. I think about the twelve year olds who watch this this sideshow and think that this is real life. I watch how the gangbangers used him and how he used them and how street culture is a real thing in our communities that are killing a lot of young black and brown kids. And so for me, I was intrigued by that part of who he is. But what I want to say, when you say that he thinks he's invincible, I just want to say, I hope that after our conversation, you don't feel invincible because I hope our audience can actually strip back, strip back the layers of whatever perceptions they may have had and they've listened to everything that you said. No, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you even wanting to take the time to even listen to anything I have to say, honestly, because like I said, if you don't care to hear my story, I don't care to tell you. That's just my my attitude, you know? So it's just, it is, you know, October is, I'm glad that we were able to do this. October is Domestic Violence and Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, A lot of things that I feel should be spoken on, aren't spoken on with women and platforms. So I'm just, I'm happy I'm able to do this and just, I guess, give people a fair chance to hear who I am or have their own opinion. That's the point I was trying to, I was about to make is you took the words out of my mouth. October is such a powerful month to be having these kind of conversations. And I know you're at a pace where you're at peace with this, but if somebody hasn't said this to you already, I would really, really, really encourage you to think about doing public speaking engagements because a lot of people, particularly battered um, victims and survivors, could learn a lot from your testimony. No, I think you but that's, this that's the thing I have. This is something I do. Yes. I do advocate for domestic violence and stuff like that. It's just people don't really pay mind to that because it's not a good good enough headline. It's not juicy enough. Keep like talking, girl. Keep talking. I know. They like to focus on me going off or my mom going off rather than posting me do go to high schools and talk to young girls. I um The last event I did, I had, you know, I, I'm very open. I'm the oldest of five. I'm, I have sisters. I have cousins, aunts that are younger than me. You know, I just have a big family. And we have a lot of women. So I'm the first person, like, in my family to be so open and forefront with it now that I talk to all the young ones in my in my, in my family about it, and I bring them to the events so they can hear the stories. And as painful as it is for them to sit in the audience and hear what I had to go through, because they are my family, I want them to hear that. And last year, I had a girl, I did an event, I had a girl, Um, she was my aunt, who is younger than me. That's um, her friend, and she was getting beat on. When I paid, I paid for this girl's cab to come to the event, and she came in shades, an oversized hoodie, and a baseball cap. And when she took off them shades, she reminded me, her face, she had two swollen black eyes, and her face brought me back to how I looked in Dubai, if not worse. And that... To this day, she hits me up and she calls me, you know, Evelyn still reaches out to her, Evelyn's people. And she tells me all the time, um, you know, had you not paid for my cab to go to your event and hear you guys talk and you guys not give me resources and help me, I probably would have been dead. Wow. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I do things like that. It's just not, people don't. 
not all people, but at least on social media, that's not what catches a lot of people's eyes. And it's sad because everything has to be a juicy headline or salacious or someone has to be beefing with each other for it to have attention or you have to see an ass or titties somewhere. But it's just like, that's just, I learned, I learned to take social media for what it is. Is as long as I could give back in the ways that I do, I'm happy with that. So, well, listen, I'm glad that you're doing your part and using your story as a testimony to help other people. And I actually reached out to you just so we're clear on the timeline. We reached out to you before the whole uh, charges with the 13 year old happened because yeah. I had just been seeing you talked about repeatedly. I'm like, where's her voice? Like, where, who's talking to her? Like, we need to hear what she's saying and let her say her side because. I think it's just disrespectful. It's like insult on injury to beat somebody, rape them, neglect their child that they have with them. And then on top of that, smear their character in the media and then just yes, like but think it's do okay. You, do you expect anything less from a narcissist? Like that's his textbook. And it's, I wish a lot of people can see that because the more clear you see it, the more easier it is to handle him and deal with him or understand mm -hmm. him. Like, mm -hmm. He's losing his shit, you know? So it's just, that's just where I'm at. And, like, more peace to him. Let him figure his stuff out. I just personally don't need it nor want it in my space with how I handle my daughter and how I raise her. For him to figure it out. Well, Sarah, I appreciate you coming on the show. I just got a place in New York, so don't be surprised if I hit you up Thank and you. Uh, tell you to meet me. Tell you to meet me in Dykeman, though. I don't go to Brooklyn. Oh, I go to Dykeman. Okay. No, no, no. Of course. Um, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me and ask me basically whatever it is that you guys wanted to ask me and get to know me a little bit more. And thank you for answering everything. Because, you know, I know, like, you know, it's not always easy to talk about the stuff that we talked about today. But I know that there's mm -hmm. going to be at least one person out there who feels like now they could tell their story because you told yours. So thank you for doing Amen. that. Thank you. I appreciate I appreciate it all. Thank you. Of course. So we'll be in touch. Peace. Of course. Bye. Bye.